Should we start this? Haven't we? Well, we didn't say hi, everybody. Oh, hi, hi everybody. Hello, everyone. Yes. We have we have big 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 <laughs> important news to to share with you. Richard is leaving. Yay! Us for two weeks to for, go back for to a Oregon. Whole two weeks. Yeah. Okay, he's not really leaving. Okay, he is going away, but he'll be back. He's unfortunately, not, he's not leaving the band. Yay! Yeah. Yay. Whatever. Um, I would so, say more importantly, uh, playing a private party. Uh, Saturday, which is two days two days from now. Um, What's the as dress of when code we're, for that? By the way, I don't they, know. They prefer that you do. Do we wear? Uh, co- I was. Cocktail I, dresses, I think we or? should. I think we should sort of dress up ish. Dress up ish. So not you know torn t shirt and torn jeans. I'm a rock star. Wear something not torn at least. I'm talent. That's how I'm going to show up. I'm a rock yeah. star. Other than that, anyway. Other big news that we we seem to have uh, secured a, a part of this Feast of Fools celebration at the Paper Heart in March. So mark your calendars for March twenty fifth. Um, check the Paper Heart website, thepaperheart.com. Yeah, or hikerroad.com, as it were. Yeah, or there's nothing on there yet. Hikerd.com. Hikerd. H a i k u r d dot com. Or yeah, whatever. Hey, I curd. And I'm pregnant. Ha, I curd. That's what it is. And you're pregnant. Pregnant, yes. yes. How did that happen? Um, I don't know. I gained 15 pounds over the last two weeks, and it could be that I've been eating all fast food every night and every day. Um, That would do All day and all of the night. Some people overeat on the holidays. Like, I've been getting ready to go visit family, so I've been overeating in preparation for the holidays. Ah. Kind of a conditioning exercise. Yeah, I'm stretching my stomach. And uh, then I'm going to purge for a week and a half. And then on Christmas, I hope to inhale everything in sight. Nifty. That's kind of gross. And eat some food, too. You know, all you got to do, for those of you who don't know, Richard and I work in the same building for the same company, uh, just on different (laughs) floors. Uh, But, Richard, all you got to do is come up to the 21st floor, and um, there's always food there, and people just keep sending us more. There's cookies, there's chips. Uh, snacks. See, I haven't actually been deliberately overeating. It's Junk just, food. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I just had a little poochie. A little white cartoon dog. A little extra extra fold on the, the love tub today. The love tub. I, I, th- I thought of... An I thought extra of, fold. I, I thought of poochie earlier this week, or maybe it was late last week. And they were talking about replacing Christopher Robin in the Winnie the Pooh cartoons. Really? Yeah. With, think, a, with a six-year-old girl. I, th- I think poochie would be the ideal... Uh, Replacement for Christopher Robin. Well, I just Why don't did get. This make you think of Poochie. Well, no. When I read the new, the news item about them, you, because Disney's comments are, you know, this is an old classic story that kids have loved for generations. So basically, we have to go in and fuck it up. Mm-hmm. No, uh, they said no. You have to introduce something every so often to make it new and interesting, and that's what made me think of Poochie. It's like. This is a classic children's story that people have enjoyed for generations. You don't need to mess with it, but well, apparently it, they felt that they needed to replace Christopher Robin because having a a white male in the lead position, I guess, just didn't do it for him. Well, but re- re- replace characters for for who? The the small children that have been entertained by Pooh stories for the last thirty five years. Guess what? They're they're actually not small children anymore. I, I think it's for the numbnuts Disney executives who uh, 
can't leave of any can't new leave ideas. well enough alone. Yeah. Can't think of any new ideas. Yeah, yeah it's probably a little <clears throat> bit of all of that. But it, Toy what, Story Four. What Buzz helps, Lightyear goes to Iraq. Uh, that would be terrible. But I think what helps the argument though is that <clears throat> the actual person who uh, Christopher Robin, the character Christopher Robin, is based on. Uh, from what I understand, uh, he actually despises his father, uh, dances on his grave, uh, if he's still alive, uh, and because um, he was tormented his entire life because he, in fact, was named Christopher Robin. Now, so, now, Well, and he was written into the stories by his father. Yeah. yeah. He hates Winnie the Pooh and anything that has to do with it. Well, you know, that, that actually doesn't come across in his performance, you know, in the illustrations. It no, wasn't much, mean, it wasn't it much of an actor. Coup, it would be yeah. a coup for him if they eliminated that character from These that. illustrations are just starting to look bitter after all these years. No, so, well, I don't Here, believe, look, he's there, flipping Pooh the bird. There, there weren't any illustrations in the original book. Did uh, he just say Winnie the Pooh? What yeah, was the name of the book? E.B. Milne was... Well, the book was... Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember either. Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. No, it, 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 there was a name to the book. Winnie the Pooh was merely a character, as yeah. was uh, Christopher Robin and the Hundred yeah. Acre Wood and all that. Bologna. Yeah. So my beer is sitting here on the table waiting for me to open it up and share it with y'all. Oh, I, th- so. that was a segue into the beer segment of this uh, program. Yes, a little clumsily done, but but here, let me let me share with you. Oh, that sounded awesome. Just hear that nitrogen capsule going off. Oh, and I'm getting foam all over the table. Oh, my God. Oh, you don't know how many times you said uh, that. looks like a Newsweek magazine, possibly, or is that it's the time. Time? time? It's time. Yeah, it deserves it. Time, time, Yeah, so, time. so what, am I, what am I opening and spilling all over the living room? Uh, that would be a Boddington's Pub Ale in the can with the little nitrogen canister in the bottom. Fantastic, fantastic little beer. But uh, now we have to wait for it to settle. So, Richard, why don't you tell us what you're drinking? Uh, this evening I am drinking the first of many. <clears throat> the Bridgeport Brewing Company India Pale Ale from the Bridgeport Brewing Company in Portland, Oregon. It, it, it's one of my favorite standby beers. Um, it's from uh, Oregon's oldest craft brewery. And I believe uh, one of the, if not the oldest in the Northwest, um, <clears throat> you can visit their website at bridgeportbrew.com and ask for it at your favorite pub. It is a... Uh, Do they pay you for that? Mm-mm. It's a very light, light-bodied, uh, uh, bitter beer, but the nice thing about the bitterness is it has a sweetness on the front of the tongue and a little bit of a bitterness on the back of the tongue after you swallow. It's kind of like, um, <laughs> kind of like a girl's fur. <laughs> Oh, there are so many again, jokes built into what you just said, and I uh, don't even have to tell them. The entire audience just heard them. Uh, again with the furry beers. God, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. it is. Love the so, so if you've never had Boddington's Pub Ale, I should describe the head for you. I love I love a good head. Yeah. But it has a very Guinnessy head because it's very... It's velvety. It's velvety. It's like a very well-frothed like, latte. It's like cream. Yeah. It's very lovely. Very latte-ish. And, and those tiny microscopic Lush. bubbles. It's like when you drink crappy American beer, if it gets ahead at all, it, it, it's only because you poured it straight down the glass and it only lasts about 10 seconds. It's like this, a bubble bath. Yeah. But this, it's like a soda. This sits right here and says, in a loud voice, I've got head. It wasn't a loud voice, but it'll work. I've got head. 
That, that's a little louder. Uh, that's, okay, let, let's, it, let's... It might be loud, but it's very wimpy, and this is not a wimpy beer. I'll, I'll, and he's got a beer stash. Let's taste. There's a little bit of an aluminum taste from, from the can, but... Unfortunately. Any oh. any uh, pub in town that, that carries uh, a Boddington's, uh, uh, you should really yeah. get it from them. It, it's lovely. It's a very drinkable beer. It, it's... <laughs> I tend to go for drinkable, you know. Well, it's a very... That beer's great, but you just can't drink the damn thing. (laughs) Yeah, bite me. No, but I mean, it's a beer you can sit and drink all night. It's kind of like water, actually, in in a good good way. It's it's a light, very light, very refreshing beer with almost a, a very light floral taste to it. More of a bouquet yeah. than it's a taste, the, it's, actually. That, that yeah. would be the, that would, that's the hops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I have to say, the, the can, after just taking a swig from what was left in the can, uh, mm-hmm. the can definitely kills it. It, it kind of gives it the this old Milwaukee feeling to it, which really kind of... Yes, but if you, can have it at your, if you can find it at your uh, local public house, I, I highly recommend it. Even what? in a can, it's pretty good, but uh, yeah, you do get the, the aluminium, as they say. What Chris and Eric don't know is we've replaced their fresh Boddington's Pub Ale with a Boddington's Pub Ale that's been in my refrigerator for over a year. <laughs> that would that explain would certainly, a lot that, of the problem with this beer. That would certainly account for the very heavy al- aluminum. <laughs> for a year, you say? <laughs> yeah, wow. roughly, roughly, yeah. It is very tasty, though. And, and I was it, the, I was almost going to say it tastes kind of like the inside of someone's refrigerator, and now I understand why. It's like some people leave baking soda in their fridge. I open a beer, except it wasn't yeah. open. No, no. But it's it's nice because it's it's as you said the the hops are mostly aromatic, and it comes on the <coughs> on the back sort of as an aftertaste, and it kind of leaves a pleasant beery flavor in your mouth. When, I was like long after comes- you swallowed. I was like when it comes on the back of my tongue and leaves a beery flavor long after I swallow it. Especially if it has good head. I, I never took you for the type. <laughs> huh. But many have. Interesting. <laughs> We're making facial expressions now that you just can't see, audience. So you'll just have to imagine them. Um, but anyway... Uh, yes. Moving what, swiftly what, onward from here. What else do we have? We're, we're uh, trying to figure out what we're going to do uh, St. Patrick's Day or St. Patrick's Day weekend as it's uh, on a Friday this uh, this go-round, which will be uh, just segue right into the weekend of drinking and partying. And yes, it should it, be lovely. It'd be great to uh, have a series of shows across that weekend because I think uh, – we get a large audience out of it. Indeed, We're, we've got uh, a, a begging email into a pub in Prescott, hoping that uh, they'll look at us and go, "Wow, you guys are great." Haven't heard back from them yet, and uh, keeping our options open. So, if you have a local pub, or if you run a local pub somewhere in Arizona, and uh, would like to hear us, or would like to have us, what's the name? The name of the pub in Prescott is Hooligans. So you can look up Hooligans in Prescott, Arizona. And tell them, call or email them and say, we want, we want Haiku, Haiku Road. Road. And, uh, or Haiku Road. But don't say dot com. 
I imagine that they're from looking at their website and looking at their past St. Patrick's Days. I imagine that there are going to be actually several bands there, but we would like to be one of them. So, yes. And also for this podcast, what we hope will be a uh, recurring theme is our uh, a special guest has actually joined us this evening. I, I know I've, I've I've surprised you guys with this, and and you you didn't know that that, that he was going to be here. But uh, God, you're holding out on us. Yeah, yeah. May, may I please introduce Martin Sheen? Martin Sheen, everybody. Martin, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Wow. Martin. Wow. Didn't know you were in town. Yeah, so so Martin, how 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 are you doing? Well, uh I'm doing all right. Great, great. It's great to have you here. Uh uh so uh you've been listening to Haiku Road for a long time? Uh well this is my first uh uh meeting with uh Haiku Road and really? I've really? never actually heard them play a song. How 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 do you, how do you find these gentlemen? Are are they are they are they witty, attractive young people? Are they slovenly slovens? Um. Well, it, it depends on the individual. We have very uh, three very different uh, people in this. I see. You need, you need a little more of a rasp there. No, no. You're criticizing Martin Sheen. Oh, Chris, oh, come oh, on, sorry. find find your place. No, that's Mark. I hope you don't take offense, Martin. I I take no offense whatsoever. Okay, thank you, Chris. Just just don't talk. Uh, actually, Chris, do you have any questions for for Mister Sheen? Um um, yes. Do you, do you think that uh, Haiku Road has any talent? Um, that's yet to be determined. Do you like their music? Well, as I said, I, I haven't actually heard any of their music. Oh, so why are you here? That is a really good question. See, what I, what I think is really interesting is that <clears throat> Martin Sheen uh, delves himself so deeply into his roles, that whether he's the soul catcher on Babylon 5 or, or the president of the United States on the West Wing, he really, he really becomes that person. Like when he was protesting with duct tape over his mouth, you really just saw a man with duct tape over his mouth. You didn't hear the voice of Martin Sheen when he grunted. So uh, I'd like to describe for you what's interesting about Martin Sheen here this evening is that he seems to be about, um, <clears throat> what, five and a half feet tall? I Six guess. feet tall, five. And, okay, with um, uh, with dark hair, he looks quite young. In fact, he looks uh, under thirty years old. I want to say you've you, you've seemed to have aged quite well. Thanks. What's actually interesting, ladies and gentlemen, is that Martin Sheen is not actually Martin Sheen, but our very own Eric Hendel, master impersonator. <gasps> oh my oh, god! Oh good wow, job, Eric! Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I had I had no idea. How, how do you do that? Um, it was really pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. I I hang around gullible people. Wow. That's what I do. Huh. Y- you almost had me fooled. It, 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 it's like somebody who's insecure about her looks hanging around with a very ugly friend. Yeah. So that by comparison, she looks pretty. Yeah, and you see that way too often. Sadly, yes. You, you, you'd prefer to see um, a, a very good-looking girl hanging out with another very good-looking girl. But, uh, I, I this happens occasionally, but only in beer commercials. I like it when very ugly girls hang out with me. They're very... No! <laughs> well, I like that, too. I mean, I'm not superficial or anything. I'm just saying... Yes, that... you are. Okay. I like it when very pretty girls hang out with me, too. I mean, I'm not picky. I'm just, you know, don't stop. Well, if you got to hang out with the girl, she might as well be very pretty. If I'm going to hang out with the girls, I might as well be pretty. I think you're right. Somehow the, the no, interview... You, you don't necessarily have to be pretty and. That's debatable, anyway. But somehow the the inner beauty pageant from 
Arrested Development is coming to mind. <laughs> yeah, Inner Beauty. I, I had to bring in. Uh, I had to bring Arrested Development up again tonight. Just it's it's obligatory, really. Well, really, you know, with with our reach, we're hoping to boost its ratings. Yeah, I, I think we can do it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If all of you go out and buy a million TVs. And turn them all to Arrested Development. And turn them all to Arrested Development. And make sure that you have a a Nielsen account for each of those TVs. Then maybe we might boost the ratings by a quarter point. Now, how does that Nielsen account thing work? Do you have any idea? I think they just call you up and say, would you log this, please? So there's nothing you could do, like, on Nielsen's website and go there and say, hey, I watched this show. No. But remember, if you send a letter to the FCC, a letter equals 1,000 people. So everybody out there send a thousand letters to the FCC, mm-hmm. asking oh. them to keep Arrested Development. On the <laughs> asking the FCC say, what, to keep the Arrested what Development. What does the FCC care? No, think. here's what we do: we send letters to the FCC, uh, decrying the fact that other stations don't run Arrested Development, and how it's an affront to our American values that such smut be not aired. On some um, of our stations. On every channel. And for the sake of family values, they will enforce all stations to run Arrested Development. You know, I think it would remove the stick out of a lot of people's rear quarters if uh, they did watch a show such as Arrested Development. What are the other three quarters? They're in the American Family Association. Ah, gotcha. They're beyond hope, basically. Yes, send all hate mail. <laughs> if you're an American Family Association member... To uh, British Airways, Ingram's Drive, Greenwich. (laughs) Now, uh, if you're listening to this show and you're not... um, Which they are, actually. This is a... Monitoring for offense. (laughs) If... For for all of those listening to this show that are not um, necessarily open-minded to just let us ramble on about things that we may or even may not be strongly opinionated about, then um, you might as well turn it off because we don't want you listening. It's actually okay because I'm strongly opini- opinionated about everything. So, Well, that's kind of what I was getting at. Right. Oh, okay. Although we like strong opinions from other people. We just think, you know, if you disagree with us, you're, you're just wrong. That's you're probably it. wrong. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Let's, right. not, let's not close probably the door. Wrong. I mean, that's why when we argue... Amongst ourselves, there's, it's because no one really ever thinks that they are wrong. It's it's actually pretty uh, difficult and quite a spectacle to watch because we are all correct, actually, all of the time. Um, and, and very Which handsome. is sort of the uh, yes, very handsome. Yes, it's sort of the uh, irresistible force meeting the uh, immovable object pretty much all the time. Right. So which one am I? I, um, I think the irresistible force personally. Yeah. Wait, who's the eccentrifical force then? There you go. Speaking of, I don't even want to ask. (laughs) No, seriously, that was a Frank Zappa reference. Sorry. Yes. When I have fevers, I have fever dreams, and do they hurt? No, but it's 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 like the worst the worst nightmare you can imagine. But I live them as though they're real, and uh, well, I I wake up. I wake up, and I don't. I'm still dreaming. I'm actually waking, having waking dreams, right? And one time, most recently, my most recent fever dream, actually, I was uh, 
I don't remember what it was about, but I woke up and I had total and utter what I call cognitive dissonance. I don't know if it's the proper way to use the term, but like my arms felt backwards. You know, like I would move my arm up and look at it in front of my face, but I would feel my arm like holding out to the side or bending behind me or something. You know, and I'd touch my cheek and feel it in my shoulder. Like my brain was just <laughs> from the fever, I guess. It was, it took me like 15 minutes to break out of it. It was very strange. And then when I did break out of it, what was interesting was that, you know, how you feel like when your arm goes to sleep, your leg goes to sleep. That's uh, how my entire body felt. Hmm. And so I think that. For some reason, my circulation got low and my body was just malfunctioning because I was had this huge fever. And then on top of that, my brain misfiring. Like the rest of my senses tried to make up for what I wasn't actually feeling. Because you know, when your arm's totally asleep, you can't actually feel your hand. You can put right. a knife through and you can't feel it, right? So my whole body was asleep, and the rest of my senses were making up for it. And then when my body started to wake up, so it was were you really smelling painful. things that weren't there and yeah, tasting it was, things. And yeah, it was totally, everything was haywire. Were you hearing things that weren't happening? No, I wasn't hearing The deep, dark secret is that's how he feels all the time. Yes. I was just trying to break it out. Yeah, I'm a big fan Easily. of that feeling of when, I'm, I hate it when it's happening, but I, it's it's something, one of those, you know, little things that you just kind of kind of revel in once they're over is, is when your arm completely falls asleep and you can't actually move it. And you have to take your other arm to pick it up and move it around, which... My problem is it's painful, though. Well, yeah, there is a bit of an ache to it. Well, it's it's lack of blood flow, isn't it? I believe exactly. so. Jeez. Who it, blood was so important? It normally happens, like, when I... Because I, I tend to... I give this stuff away. I, I move you around start in my sleep. <laughs> I move around in my sleep, and I, I end up falling asleep on top of my arm and basically cutting off all of the blood from my shoulder down and it's it's kind of fun what i think is terrible is when i donate blood it's always to people who like have nursing degrees and they've got all this important equipment and stuff so what i've started doing and you guys especially over the holiday season this is something you can do with your family and i found it very heart well heart heartwarming technically you know emotionally but uh you you just walk up to a homeless person just just a random person and and give them some blood just give yourself a little cut and then just fling it at them or like grab an artery and, like, actually, if you if you make a little incision in the skin over the artery, what's really cool is you can slip the knife underneath it and cut it open and then actually grab it and direct the spray uh, at them and just, just you know, be like, Merry Christmas! <laughs> Merry Christmas! Where are you going? Merry Christmas! You know, and what's great is that, you know, they don't have to pay for it. And you're giving blood, but you're really giving it to the people who need it the most. Wow. What an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Martha Stewart is... Uh, oh, my God. Eat your heart out, Martha Stewart. Well, what, what, what I'm really saying... Pun intended. See, see, what, what, what I'm really saying is that uh, uh, I, I'm getting ready for my Nobel Prize, and that's, that's idea number one of how a normal person can help to change their, their society is by donating blood well, to, and then I to, guess to random people. My, my idea number one would then be to... To take taking your idea and creating some kind of device that um, does all of those things you just said, but but kind of like in a, a, a quick you, you know just slap it on your arm and it's, it gives you control over the artery. Yeah, it's, you kind of you you would control it something like Spider Man sure. uh, <laughs> instead of webs. It's you know, and blood. yeah, you could have like or, a shunt. So when you're, when you're holding your arms regular, then it doesn't flow, but then you move it like 
<clears throat> cock your wrist back and suddenly you're spraying blood at people. That would be awesome. That would be yeah. great. And you cut out the middleman, too. There's no bureaucracy. There's no health care. There's no Medicare, Medicaid. It's almost, it's almost like performance art, really. That, too. That just too. just yeah. in, the, in the public square. Just stand in the middle and... Donate yeah. blood to random passersby. You, you just, just, I am the Iraq War. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's... you could probably get a grant from the NEA for that. But you know what else you could do is like, uh, uh, in, in Taxi Driver with, uh, uh, I, I haven't been in Taxi Driver recently. Robert no. De Niro? Uh, yeah, Robert De Niro. You know that, that, that special kind of suit that he puts together with the guns that kind of slide out of the... The sleeves of his coat and everything. Right. You right. could have, uh, you know, like squirt guns that are hooked into your shunts. True. Hey. True. And have them slide out from the sleeves of your coat, and then you could shoot blood out of a squirt gun. That's a little too complicated. You know, they also. I, I, I suppose at the front of this podcast, we should have we should have put a uh, disclaimer that says, "Do not try this at home." You know, uh, they also have sperm. We banks. can say that at the end, right? I suppose. Or is it too late at that point? They also have sperm banks. Where you can donate your sperm. You think anybody's going to listen all the way through this? <laughs> well, are you suggesting sperm. that... Well, again, count out the middleman. Give it the, the, find <laughs> the most needy in your community and give them some sperm. You know, monkeys, yeah. monkeys are actually the most charitable yeah. people on Earth. They're trying to help us to breed. Well, and you know, and this all comes back to the whole, uh, the whole arm falling asleep thing. Because, you know, make, induce your arm to fall asleep and masturbate. It's like somebody else doing it for you. That's true. I was wondering what all those tourniquets around your house were for. Wow. I mean, I keep mine after I donate, you know. You know, I always thought I was kind of weird, but I would never even think something up like that. (laughs) I'm amazed and slightly frightened. Well, I think we've probably wasted enough of your time. No, we haven't. No? We're, okay. We have well, to. We have to. Well, since, then we since should we're, use the rest of your time properly. Yes. Since we're not playing any music for you this week, this week we should at least tell you where we are musically, which is not much further along than we were last week. But we did start two of the last three songs on the album, so God willing, we actually will be done in January. And, yeah. and by the way, if you happen to be in Salem, Oregon, on or about December twenty third. I'm going to I, I Richard am going to be playing a solo show at uh, the Coffee House Cafe um, in downtown Salem, Oregon. Uh, it's a great name for a coffee house. Yeah, cafe, r- r- right. Absolutely. On December, w- December, which ranks right up there with the Academy of Art College. Absolutely. Uh, at uh, yeah, the uh, nine p.m. to probably about midnight on December twenty third. It's going to be a uh, rip <clears throat> roaring good time, or if you remember, um, or as much of a rip roaring good time as Richard can induce without us. On it's, it's as much fun as I can have alone. On Three's Company, <laughs> the Jack's Restaurant was actually called Jack's Bistro. If you remember that, see, you know, that's just right. that I don't, I don't get that. Why would they call it that? Because it was Jack's Bistro. I thought you said it was his restaurant. And you know, see, I, I'm lost. And, I, we're, uh, you know and where did that come it? from? You know who came up with it? Jack? No. The Bistro. Mr. Furley. Mr. Furley. Don Knotts. He said, why is it so hard just to come up with a name for Jack's Bistro? And they said, that's it. He said, what's it? Jack's Bistro. I know. We need to come up with a name. You're crediting a fictional character for coming up with a fictional name. For a, a fictional, fictional restaurant. restaurant. 
well, for another fictional character. Yeah. You know that wasn't like the real world, right? That that was a great episode. <laughs> it wasn't like the first Big Brother series or something. It, it great. Was, ep- I don't know that great episode can be applied to. It was any almost of as Three's good. Company, really. It was almost as good. My favorite episode of all time for Three's Company was the episode where Jack and uh, I believe it was Janet got handcuffed together. No, or was it Jack and I don't know. One Jack yeah. and one of the girls. Got handcuffed together. Uh, no, it was Chrissy because she was dating a cop and she had his handcuffs. That's how. See, for me, for me, it's kind of like uh, our youngest generation is basically getting exposed to Jaws and Raiders of the Lost Ark, and to a large extent, the original Star Wars films through references in in pop culture satire and other things. They haven't actually seen the movies, but they know the Indy running from a boulder scene, and they know the Jaws theme uh, just from seeing it in satire and and other parodies. Um, you know, I only got, uh, my only exposure to Three's Company was from Three's Scrumpany, which was a DVD that I own. Um, so I only have a passing reference. Three's Scrumpany. Uh, Three's Scrumpany. Anyway, I was going to do my me, impersonation guess, is this, of Mr. Uh, Furley. Um, porn? Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, wait, I, fo- I found it right here. It's actually Three's Scrumpin' Me. I, oh. Yeah, I got that confused. That's strange. Um, but anyway, so... Three's Scrumpin' Me, uh, Don Knotts... <laughs> Uh, playing Mr. Furley comes in the door with a blowtorch to uh, separate the the two handcuffed uh, characters and when he bursts through the door a cop had come in the meantime and he (laughs) says, Jack! I'm here to cut the... and then he sees the cop and he says, roast beef! and that's why it's my absolute favorite episode of Three's Company. Wow, wow. Eric Hendel, the master of the impersonation. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. It's, it's really like Don Knotts was here in the room for a minute. I know. <laughs> two for two for the price of none. I think I think your Martin Sheen impression was much more accurate, though. Probably it was more vivid. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, because Martin Martin Sheen is more of a regular guy. I almost said Martin Short, and well, Martin Short's pretty regular too. Well, I don't know. They broke does he, does he eat a lot of fiber? Yeah, they're on those fiber seal commercials. <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't, I don't necessarily know his bathroom habits, but... Um, yeah, he's, he's getting up there in age like like Richard Pryor. Uh, okay. um, Richard Pryor's dead. Yeah, he's... He, oh. He expired. Oh, I didn't he bit mean it. To, he bit he the is, big one. He is no more. I didn't mean to he is, uh, dig up any old wounds. Right? He, he's not a uh, he's not the human toy anymore. He's, a, he's just a regular toy. Just a regular toy. Just a regular inanimate object. They should have that on his gravestone. Richard Pryor, just a regular toy. Yeah. <sighs> okay, well. Bare Naked Ladies had a song, uh, Just a Toy. It's a pretty good song. I can't recall it, but I believe you. I don't. So, so assuming... Born on a pirate ship. Check it out. Yeah. Assuming Eric and I can be bothered, we'll be back <laughs> next week. Sorry. But Richard <laughs> Did you have Sorry. something you wanted to say? No, no, I burped. Okay. Well, then I guess we're done. You can get back to your regular lives now. Have fun, be good, come see us. Yeah. Email us. The um, band. No, not the band. 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 Band at highcurd.com. Or haicurd.com. You guys are just Psychiatric evaluation.